<laughs> Welcome to the Tell Me Your Story podcast. I'm Dr. Eric Sims, uh, Triple Crown Chiropractic, and today I'm here with Fardos Hassan of Layla Urgent Care. So, Fardos, tell me all about Layla. Um, so, I'm Fardos Hassan. I'm a family nurse practitioner about now two years, and I have been a nurse for five years prior to that. Um, I started Layla Telehealth. Um, we started as an um, we started as in uh, telehealth, which mm-hmm. was Layla Telehealth, and back in September of last year, and we had a, a lot of family reaching out wanting in-person services. So we decided to change to Layla Urgent Care and open an office here in Hebron. Um, we've been open since February of this year. And my goal um, and the purpose of me opening this uh, urgent care was to be able to help families who have a language barrier. Mm -hmm. I I am from Somali. Mm -hmm. Um, I experienced firsthand what what it's like to go to a doctor office or go anywhere without being able to communicate properly. And when it comes to healthcare, is complicated is um, even those who are fluent in English sometimes don't understand the healthcare um, medical terminology. Sure. So imagine if you don't speak the language and um, you go to a doctor office and words are just throwing at you. That makes uh, those who don't speak English um, hesitant to go to their to doctor office in general. So I'm hoping by um, having um, this door open that family will be more open to come in mm-hmm. and um, I don't have all the answer and I don't have all the resource but I will try my best to find what's out there for them where can they turn to get that service that help they need so I'm just trying to um, be a resource to that community that could um, lack the English language that's awesome uh, you know it's I've had, as a chiropractor, I've had a lot of Spanish-speaking patients come in. And I took some Spanish in high school, didn't take any in college. But then uh, I actually started taking some on my own. And I've got a Spanish book. It's, it's still very hard for me to communicate. You know, there's still a lot of, sometimes we're pulling out the old translator app. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> just talking, you know, back and forth. And that helps a lot if somebody comes in and you are open trying to speak their language, even if it's, you know, two words, they get comfortable because they see you trying. We're in a, a bigger institution. If a patient comes in, there is a, a, a plan in place where they communicate with the patient, like calling interpreter services and et cetera. But sometimes um, we don't have that time to call the service or if that provider or that nurse is trying to do all this stuff, there is other patients waiting, you know, it's, it's just, it's not reasonable to accommodate every person that walks at that door because there's other people that need the service. But um, if there's somebody up front can speak one or two words of that person, you know, language, that makes them more open, wanting to get services or whenever they need uh, medical treatment. So okay. it's always, it's nice to have um, somebody 
that can speak the language. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. Um, now that we are open and we are growing, um, I'm trying to bring people who speak different language. I speak Arabic and Somali, but that's not the only two language here in Northern mm -hmm. Kentucky. Northern Kentucky has become so diverse. There is, I believe, more than 60 language in wow, just really? the Boone County school system. Um, so there is a lot of languages and with that comes um, a lot of uh, barriers. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hoping that I can bring in uh, more people that have different languages so that way we can address people that walk in at this door and we don't have to turn away somebody because we don't speak their language. I hate using Google Translator. I mean, it's there, <laughs> but it kind of takes that uh, personal care away if you're sure. just uh, pulling that phone and you're saying something. And sometimes it doesn't translate properly. I agree with you 100% there. So uh, <laughs> when I was trying to speak Spanish, there were sometimes things we were going through and it's like, yeah, that's not what I meant. Yeah. You know, um, I... I speak Somali fluently, but writing, when it comes to writing, I'm a little bit um, not at the best. So mm -hmm. I try to use um, Google Translator to see how that word will sound. And when I write a sentence, I'm like, no, that's not, that's not <laughs> exactly what I meant, you know? So I can understand that. Um, but um, that's my goal. And that's the one reason I decided to open this business. Okay. What languages right now are you looking for? I'm looking at Sp Spanish, um, French. Um, there's a, um, some uh, Filipino families that came in. So, mm -hmm. uh, but any language that, um, whether it's a nurse or um, a student who are about to go to college and they're off for the summer looking for summer job, you know, um, I'm open to bringing them in just to have that. Um, my biggest thing is that familiarity phase to have somebody that one speaks your language is from your culture some sort of the kind of background um we call it um <laughs> i don't know okay you're talking more like a commingling or like yeah a, you know so that you have, um, um familiarity uh-huh mm -hmm. um so that's that's what I'm trying to do. But any language, um, I even, um, I had a one point when we opened some student come in and they wanted um, community service hours, uh -huh. which was awesome. Um, if I see somebody, a student that want to get uh, community service and they speak mm -hmm. second language, please come, come by. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, so um, we will work out. Well, I think that's fantastic because the fact is, is you know, I mean, nobody wants to be out there picking up trash or yeah. anything where you could actually help some people live better lives or, you know, at least get some medical care. And also it gives the student the opportunity to see other um, careers while they're here. You know, it is a way of exploring different career options too. So win-win for everybody. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> so what made you, like, I know that you were doing the telehealth and all that but what sparked in your mind that it was like you know what i want to go in this direction uh, like i was saying earlier it was one family reaching out um, wanting that in-person services um, and the other thing was in my community the somali community uh, women's are very hesitant to go to the doctor office mm -hmm. um, there's this assumption that there's only male provider mm -hmm. and they don't want a male provider um, so 
by opening this, I can say, hey, that's not true. There is a female doctor, a female mm -hmm. nurse practitioner. You can ask. Some of them didn't even know that they have the option of saying, I don't want a, a male provider. Can I have a female? And instead, they will just accept who walks in that door or just not go at all. Right. So by educating them and providing the resource for them, they are more open to go in to um, to seek that medical necessity. And the other thing that I noticed was um, a lot of those um, Somali families, if they have like a headache or like a stomach bug, they will end up going to the ER mm -hmm. and they will sit there for extra hours, you know, long day. And when they go and see the ER doctor, it's not really a medical, like a, a treatment, like they expect antibiotic or some sort of pills, but instead they would get the answer, just, you know, go home and rest. Oh, but, really? That's what they get a lot of times? But like, it's not necessarily, like, there's no, if you have a stomach bug, you just, you know, increase fluid, go home, rest. Mm -hmm. um, but they feel as the amount of the waiting time was not uh, uh, reflected the their care that they were given because uh, either they didn't speak the language quite well and they didn't understand or they felt like that doctor was dismissing them. Ah, uh, okay. And they are like, what's the point of going to the ER? But first of all, whatever you were having, it wasn't necessarily ER. Um, appropriate right so just educating them okay this is what you go for er and this mm -hmm. you can go to urgent care or primary care well i don't have a primary care and that's where i came in and you know educate them okay here is a couple doctors that i have and they have a, a female doctor a male doctor and just kind of talk to them and providing them that resource so one they don't waste their own time and also they don't take space for that person that really need that er visit i can understand that so yeah. the fact that you're actually talking about that is awesome because of the idea of i can see how there'd be frustration on both sides you know both the doctors because the doctor is wanting to help but at the same point in time maybe communication language barrier but also understanding you know hey this isn't you don't need to be here for this yeah you know and the fact that you can actually educate them and help them that's... and direct them yeah and um for something like that um if the er is busy they probably would not get interpreted right away um but if there was someone that could tell them like hey this is not er like beforehand you give that educational material mm -hmm. it kind of takes um a little bit of the burden of the system as well right because there is a system overload and necessary um, resource the resource is wasted mm -hmm. so um i don't know if that makes sense but oh it makes a lot of sense <laughs> i mean you're saying you're saying pure gold right now because so I, I i try to educate them in that route as well yeah no this 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 is why this is such a genius idea and why i think that what you're doing is awesome because the fact is is that you know you're helping you know not only communities that need it and you're 
you know, removing obstacles so people get the health care they need, but you're also, you know, helping people and you're also saying, okay, hey, look, these are the things you need to do. These are the things you don't need to do. So that then they know. So then they're, like you said, the system becomes less bogged down. Everybody mm-hmm. wins. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's just, that's just awesome. Yeah. And, you know, uh, um... Which is probably why you're, you know, outstanding women of Northern Kentucky <laughs> is probably why, you know, you're an honoree. Um, yes. I don't know <laughs> if I am that great, but I, I'm, grateful to them there are some amazing women um in that committee and some of them were honored and when i look at their accomplishment and what they have done i'm like oh no no if i'm all that great but i am grateful that they saw my work and um they acknowledge it so well i think you're doing great work so (laughs) this is awesome but what about this frustrates you the most what are the things that give you the most like that just you know you wish you could really change um something that i wish i could change um there's so much so little that i can do here is that Mm -hmm. the correct term yeah um but after i provide that resource uh sometimes those patient um they go in but they don't see the service that i was talking about like Mm -hmm. there's that um gap of um can we pause here? I can't think of. And we're back. Um, so some of the things that um, that I wish I can change, especially after I provide all those materials, some patients don't really um, feel comfortable still, um, or they're hesitant, or they will go out and um, they will run into that previous experience mm-hmm. and um and that becomes a, a mistrust of the information one that i provide and also they don't trust the health uh, care system or the people who are providing that services and because they have that negative uh, impact at that moment up front they stop going to the or seeking any medical necessity mm-hmm. and um, in our in my community and I'm referring every time my community because this is one of the reasons that um, and I'm really passionate about it I have seen it the amount of uh, issue with the health care that they have their health mm-hmm. because they afraid of going out to seek that medical necessity and um, and that's one of the reasons that I try to push it Every patient that comes in, whether they speak um, the language or not, whether they are um, Somali or any Middle Eastern or even just um, regular American, I the first thing after I treat them is, do you have a primary care? And anybody that walks in at this door, I try to push it for them to have a, a doctor. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't go often, I would say at least once a year. Even if you don't feel like I'm healthy, I will see some 20 year old, they're like, no, I've never been to doctor. Or 40 year old man, he will say, no, never. I'm, they are at the age that, you know, it's time to at least be at a a primary care office, be in their radar. Right. Even if you don't need it right now, just have somebody that, you know, if you need it, you can call and make an appointment mm-hmm. instead of, you're a new patient. We got to have an appointment two weeks, three weeks from now. You don't have to go through that. 
like I tried to push it anybody that walks in this door to have a primary care doctor um so going back to what frustrated me is that um I hope that even if those patients that I provide that information they go out and they feel discouraged of whatever treatment they receive that they will come back to me and some of them they don't and some of them will say well wherever you recommended um I really didn't like it you know and that's when I say okay let's find someone else let's see there's always an option available um it's just making them understand that if one office didn't work doesn't mean they're all the same you know um addressing that has been a bit um struggle and just putting them in a doctor roster if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so that's my thing and i'm hoping that in the future when we establish and i have full staff i can go out in the community and do more health screening and um being able to go in the community and kind of educating them more because in reality if somebody if you come into somebody's office and they talk you about 20 minutes of the reason you come in another 10 minutes about what you should do many people this kind of information just goes up to head right. but if that provider is or that organization is active in the community and they come out in community and they do a blood pressure screening or blood sugar screening and do professional prevention screening um those community are more open mm-hmm. to go in and see more um uh, doctors if that makes sense it does and actually what you're talking about is actually i'm seeing this a lot in just the you know regular american community there are a lot of just you know people that tell me all the time you know i don't like going to doctors all they're going to do is give me a pill i don't like going to the doctors all they're going to do is give me bad news there's this stigma that's really forming in today's medical care that you know as a chiropractor i mean there's there's a lot of stuff you know that like i don't know (laughs) you know it's like i mean i i might see something you know and be like hey you need to go to a dermatologist Uh or hey this you know but if somebody comes to me with this certain kind of question i'm like okay then you need to go to your primary care and there are people that all the time will say you know i don't I don't want to go to a doctor, you know, I'm worried what they're going to tell me or, you know, they're going to give me attitude or they're going to, you know, they're not, uh, they're just going to put me on a pill. Or they don't have enough time to address my concern. And that's the other thing that I have to run into that that doctor comes in and spend uh, five, seven minutes. And sometimes the patient has not adjusted all the information that they were throwing at and they don't get that time to ask question. And that's, makes them like what why do i go there like you know so just but if there is that active role in the community and just um the community seeing that um the healthcare organization in northern kentucky wanting them to be active and healthy they are more open to um go in and have a primary care and not run into the ER for six hours for a stomach ache, <laughs> you know, so. Well, getting into this type of care and obviously, you know, in seeing some of these things and, you know, how did, who led you to the wanting to do to this kind of work? Um, so 
it, it goes way back, but I'll try not to make it boring. Um, we moved to the United States um, as a refugee 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, my four younger siblings, and my aunt. It was, um, my aunt was 16 and I was 13. So when we moved in, I was thrown in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, 13, almost 13, um, did not speak the language. Did not know how to write, speak nothing. I, I, it it was like I was drawing a dark room and no direction whatsoever. Um, there was a that sounds very scary. It was scary. <laughs> <laughs> there was a this after school program in our um, apartment complex, and this gentleman he was from Nigeria. He's still doing this. Um, it, he will spend so much time with me um, teaching me. Mm-hmm. how to write, how to um, do addition, subtraction. At age 13, you know, middle school is, itself is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you don't know nothing. Oh, I can you know? imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy took out of his time every day, two hours after he closed the program, everybody goes home to teach me, um, whether it's a writing, science, math, everything, every day. Um, until I graduated middle school and went to high school, and then we ended up moving from um, that complex. But that stranger spent that much time to educate me and mentor me, and he will always say, used to say, you will have a rough time, no doubt. You started um, 12 years later compared to people your age, so you will always struggle but know that if you're persistent and if you put 100%, you will get somewhere. And along the way, you will find people that want to succeed and push you and um, help you. And along the way, I have, um, after high school, I moved to Kentucky just to go to nursing school. I remember my last day of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I did not apply for college, nothing. And all my friends were going to um, college and accepted crazy university and they were going all over the country. Right. And here I am, I have no plan. I had nothing. And then I did a little research and I was like, I want to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. And I submitted my application to a community college in Georgia. And there was like a five years waiting period. Whoa, are you serious? It was so crowded. So wow, I was like, where can I go to, you know, to get that degree yeah. and go in the field? Um, I applied Gateway. I moved to from Georgia to Kentucky. Okay. And started going Gateway. Um, after two semesters, I transferred to Christ, and that's where I got my Bachelor of Christ College of Nursing. Okay. Um, I started working at a nursing home after I graduated, and then moved to children. And people always ask me, why do you move to different locations? Because I didn't find what I was passionate about. You know, I wanted um, to, be, to experience and see many things, but also haven't found my call if mm-hmm. if that makes sense so after um doing one year at children i wanted to do adult i applied saint e and then went to um, nku to get my master while okay. i was still going to school 
Um, and after I got my master, I start working and I start seeing like, you know, when I was at the hospital, when somebody who don't speak the language come in, um, it takes longer process mm-hmm. to communicate with them to be able to get their medication and we are human like no matter how much resource you have or the organization put in place there's not enough manpower at that facility to apply it because there's always short staff so what people do they take shortcut mm-hmm. and try to communicate them very quick whether you use their family or whether you use Google and translator, it just, it makes sense at that mm-hmm. moment. But what we forgetting is that, is that person getting the best care, you know, as a nurse, I am doing the best I can, but it's what I think is the best, mm-hmm. not how, you know, the question is, how is that patient seeing? Would I have made a difference if I had uh, in person interpreter and that person understood every word that I was saying would is that does that make a difference compared to if I just use a, a Google translator how do they see that care you know mm-hmm. so I have been a patient I have been a caregiver mm-hmm. and I have seen both sides mm-hmm. and I was like you know what I can be that first person they see and I can make a difference that way so here we are (laughs) well I think that's awesome I mean especially the fact to like take a risk and like you know leave everything you knew to come from Georgia you know up to here I mean I already come from Smiley at the one time you know that you know I commend you you so yeah I'm I'm very passionate of um, helping Um, one of the things that I try to do here is uh you know, when you start a business, um, the entrepreneur mind kicks in and is, I got to pay my bill and I got to make <laughs> revenue and this, but I try not to think that way. If I see somebody come in and they told me I don't have an insurance, um, I am making uh, my mission that no patient will turn away because mm-hmm. they don't have an insurance. Um if they work, you know, they're self-employed, they can't afford insurance, we work with them. Okay, can you make a payment plan? Payment plan. You know, there's this option. If they say, I don't have a job, okay, there is different way that you can get a healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, here is the resource. Uh, so it's just not serving those non-English spokers. Mm-hmm. It's everybody that walks in at this door. If I don't have the answer, will find it together and addressing their concern and um regardless who they are insured and insured i will see them and i'll take care of them that's my goal that's really cool of you <laughs> that's really yeah. cool and as a fellow practitioner i i really commend that because <laughs> i i you know I, I do payment plans in my office and i know what it's like when in the, when the bills are coming and things and sometimes you're just like hey we got to do it because yeah you know you want to, you want to, when you put patient first, you know, it yeah, does come you, back. you want to survive, but also you want to serve the community. So 
I haven't found that happy balance, happy medium yet, but you do, regardless, <laughs> <laughs> regardless, if they come in, um, I'm here. It doesn't hurt, you know. I won't. I will not get a rich if I spend twenty minutes with them and it was, you know, free of charge. Like right. I, I was not going to get rich out of that. Right. So that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. I understand that. Yeah, it's a, It's definitely one of those where, but by giving them and talking with them, you know, it grows. Yeah. Then builds from there. Yeah. I get that. So. I get that completely. So, who should we get you in contact with, as far as not only just patients, but you know businesses to work with or who can we get you in contact with to get the word out um san elizabeth is um a big healthcare so organization in northern kentucky mm -hmm. and um they serve a large group mm -hmm. um i have worked at cne i was um a, a student there it's an amazing organization um and i'm hoping that i can find a way to work uh, with CNE, especially for my patients, since they will be their uh, primary care or being able to direct my patients. Okay, you live here, there is a, a primary care in your area. There, this is our, this, like just knowing what's available when it comes to uh, primary care, it's because my biggest thing is um, how can I address preventative measurement? Like how can I provide preventative measurement? And as an urgent care, I treat what the patient have right now, but they need um, long-term care sometimes. Mm -hmm. Some of them have a chronic illness that they don't know. But if I have that resource to connect them with it, that will be awesome. So just trying to work um different organization around here and be able to refer patients and and not just uh what i google from the service but have a, a name and a face with the people that i refer if that makes sense just building that trust in the community um, that we work we all work together to have a healthier community awesome <laughs> well Bardos, this has been awesome I can I talk all day about this now. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you giving me this opportunity and the time. Well, you know what I would love to do is in like, you know, about six months to a year, I'd love to do a follow-up, you know, just because the fact is just see where everything's come and where everything's going. Yes. You know, but I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for being on our podcast. Thank you so much. And everybody, that's the end of our story today, but we'll talk to you soon.